0: Hello and welcome to the Brew Time Podcast. I'm your host Fiona and this week you need to grab yourself a brew and get settled in because it's a corker of an episode. I am chatting to the amazing PR person that is Christelle Valladon. What I think you're going to find really useful out of today, aside from the whole how to promote your own business, is how Christelle uses... Facebook lives and how she's adapted them through the first lockdown to really do something quite special with her content. So, grab your brew, settle in and enjoy the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I was laughing. I, one of the things that I've really noticed working with business owners is um, the fear and the mindset monkeys that come in. And it, yeah, you do get external factors, and trolling is horrible, it's inexcusable. Um, but I just, one of the things that has given me the kick up the ass is that sometimes it's beyond these little people that just don't get it. It's, you know, why are you even commenting? And um, I, I can't remember what I said, i I've saying something, and it's like, I've actually got to a point now where I don't, just don't care. And if I do care, I just surround myself with people that I know have got my back. And, you know, I kind of noticed that I I hated LinkedIn. I really did. I just didn't want to be on there because I sat there and I thought, the way that people talk, it's very corporate, but it's half of the shit that I just don't really like, the check-beating and the, you know, and it's almost become Twitter-esque. But I knew I had to be on there, but I liked Instagram. I was doing Instagram more. That was my main focus in marketing. I, I never particularly liked Facebook. But when you realise, well, where is your drive? Like, where, where are they? And actually, what do you want to do? I thought, oh, I'm going to have to get on it. And um, I just turned around and I was saying to my friend Karen, I don't like pods. No, I don't like you joining a pod so that you just get loads of comments. But I don't mind support hubs. So, you know, the way that I saw it was, well, actually, there's a group of people. We all like each other and we all want to know when we're all posting. So, rather than me trying to scroll through your feeds of God knows 900 followers, just for me to find, just let me know when you're posting. And yeah, we'll comment and we'll make sure that we're doing it so it boosts your SSI level or something because it's all relevant. It is actually relevant and we all are. um, So, I did that and I started to see more comments about pods. And I just turned around and I'll sod off because actually, in the second group, which I did this in, because I saw the benefit of it. I saw how nervous they were and if anything I don't I'm not strict with them because I'm like I just want you to see us do it so it encourages you and inspires you to post which you wouldn't have done before and just know that rather it's like you put something out there and I know it's easy to say don't look at likes don't look at comments but you know it's like wouldn't you love to and I know from my experience putting content out there not having anything I think I'm more resilient and conditioned to not really worry so much because the amount of time somebody has come up to me and said oh I saw that post you wrote um and I really liked it and you're like I would never have known that if you hadn't come up to me so it just proves that people are watching all the time and if you're not putting your stuff out there and so um it's it's really important when you get Somebody that's like in your situation, like if you ever had that again, just just build a tribe around you and go. Look, I really want to build my tribe. Is anyone else looking to do this? That I, you know, like the way that you are. Like, if you tell me that when you're posting, and I will make sure that I'm following you and getting, and I will comment positive stuff, not and, and what I like, and I'll also disagree with you, and we'll have an engagement on there. But you know, it's like if you do that, then I think it really helps because it's a lonely old world out there it is and I
0: like your LinkedIn post because and I like LinkedIn for this because you can curate your feed to make sure you mostly see the people who you want to see and it's funny that you would said that you disappeared for a while because I'm like oh Christelle's
1: back on LinkedIn oh my goodness she's putting out really good content oh I like this that's really sweet but tell me that I really had avoided LinkedIn, because um, I had moved from marketing directors as a as an audience that, you know, you would think, oh, you're a PR company, you would need to speak to marketing directors. And I think over the past two years, I've really shifted to business owners and SMEs. And I just found that I was engaging with them more on Instagram. And you know, that when I would see my friends and what they would post and how they would post some really good content, but it was like trade magazine level which I don't like trade magazines it's an important part of it don't get me wrong and there's some really relevant articles but again a lot of it is chest beating and promotion and it's not really talking about the issues for the for the client and what the client goes through so you know again would PR week talk about mindset and or you know they talk about CSR which is good but do they really talk about um, some of the issues? Like, you know, they might talk about bullying. It's getting better. But some of the day-to-day conversations that I have with my business owners are just not being talked about. So that's how it started. It's getting better now. But, um, yeah, certain things that when I write, they're like, oh, my God, that's how I feel. Yeah, so
0: that's why I feel that you do content differently from other PR companies. Mm -hmm. Right? we've
1: got into this now haven't we yeah, <laughs> like yeah. slowly edged into actually <laughs> <laughs> I know like, oh my god I said this right but I mean yeah I mean going back to your point um I think community I think PR I think I've just seen so many people talk about PR and media relations and actually it's about relationships it's about community so going back to what you were saying I think that's why I've become more vocal because it's like you know we've forgotten how to connect we've forgotten how to come together and if you know when you need it like you particularly your example your prime example it doesn't have to be a pandemic it doesn't have to be a recession it should be everyone should know this Um, and you will help i think that's the other thing is that imagine online marketing almost as online networking because if i comment on yours or if i share something amazing you're then in my network my network sees you that's the whole point of it doing these podcasts is a wonderful thing because if you're getting guests on it means that I'll share it you know and then people will start to get yeah. and I've just started seeing that on LinkedIn I'm like oh these two know each other Oh, they're now following Oh, they're now commenting on each other so interesting so I find that I find that I find that quite satisfying I love it though, because when I go and like,
0: oh, Christelle knows so-and-so, and I've worked with them on this. And then, and I just find that the more you do stuff online, the more your network becomes not necessarily huge, but more close knit. Yeah, yeah. You end up like existing in the same circles. And the reason I keep every so often like, going, oh my goodness, you need PR, you need to speak to Christelle. And I'll like send them over to you. So I, don't like, know, I don't like checking in to see if anything's come of them because I'm like I'll just do push and, and then go but it's because you do things differently and that's why I wanted to chat to you on the podcast because seeing you do things differently I think everyone can learn from each other on that and also the other side of it is putting something good out in the world and you are so generous with your time oh. and what you share and like chatting to people and and your brutally honest too I like that
1: <laughs> that's the bit that I love actually it's like just a cup of crap <laughs> as much as I love being generous in my time it's like all right love I mean it's gotten to a point now where I mean we can talk about that but I mean in terms I was just having this laugh about the discovery call and I went I do the discovery call because this whole can I have a cup of tea can I can we have a coffee and a chat and can I pick your brains Is like that's three hours of my day because I will sit there and really dig deep and I'll sit there and I've done I've I've come into London for it and I'm sitting there going, that wasn't a cup of coffee. That really wasn't a cup of coffee. That was that was three hours. That was a session and I've actually and it's top. you know like you know, I'll happily turn around and go, No, you don't need PR just yet. You haven't done XYZ I'm looking at it right now. Gap 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 fill this thought sort, like, sort this out first. This is not Sarah that's what I love though because
0: I I, oh it's the post you put of um I can't remember off the top of my head what it said that you talk when you talk to people you ask them what they want to get out of it what their goal is Mm -hmm. and if their goal isn't you think it isn't the right goal or isn't aligned with you then you'll say go away and do these things first and then come back to me when you're ready. Oh my goodness! You turn down business because you know it's the right thing for their business.
1: Yeah, and and actually, I've got to say, I mean, again, I'll tell you this, but like, I make no, there's no smokes, like there's no like smoke screens here. Um, I've turned down business, and I haven't been profitable, you know, but I have the conscious conscience to say, all right. You know, when I first started, I thought, oh, I'll have to be this agency. And then I realized I don't like the agency. How can I work differently? I mean, that's why I started ultimately. I didn't really like the agency. But um, genuinely, I sit there and I go, if I believe in you, I'll give all. And I want to focus on you. So I want less clients and then to be able to do that. And now, obviously, with the joy of online, I can find out how I can help more people at a bigger scale, which is great. Um, And so I can focus on doing that which is wonderful and it means that I can free up some time and then, you know, get the right people on board, which, you know, I haven't been able to juggle as as brilliantly. But when I look back at ten years and it's like, are you where you should be revenue wise? It's like, no, does it matter? No, not to me. As long, you know, as long as I can pay off my mortgage and find ways of revenue. I just I think that's the point is that it's the infinite game assignments and it says, you know, I see this as a much more long term game So that when i cracked it, it will make money.
0: Yeah, but and I think I think that's how, how that attracts the right clients as well that you want to work with. Now, I totally realise that if anyone's listening to podcasts, they don't actually know what you do right now.
1: Oh crikey! I just if you're
0: um you're recording. Are you? Um... <laughs> I'm totally. I'm, I'm totally record. This is like the journalist thing. we like record from the moment you speak to someone. Cut out all the rubbish you don't need. Oh. you never know what someone might say in the run up or the because you, you get to the point and I find that pe- when you go right let's start the questions now and your body language changes and the way you talk to someone changes whereas if you're just having a conversation it's more natural and you get more out of people so okay. I, I'm, I'm like I
1: sneakily slid you into the interview there. Okay. love it, go it. Well, don't you worry I'm literally questions I thought no this is all good stuff that I can happily talk about <laughs>
0: Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like like um blindsiding people with like yeah I'm gonna ask you all these nicey-nicey questions and now I'm gonna throw a curveball at you <laughs> um so yeah
1: sorry what was the what was it that you were asking um what do you do because I know I, what you do yeah all right Fair so awesome. um I am like my name is Christel I actually I'm a PR and marketing specialist. I worked for 20 years in agencies. Well, my career has spanned agencies working for big brand names and small startups. And when I set up my company, KB Communications, um, I have particularly honed in on working with business owners and SMEs. And I particularly love working with um, who I like to call rebels and misfits, <laughs> the ones that look at what's going on either in their community, their industry, their world and just want to do better and think there is a better way of doing this. and I know I'm being told what the rules are but I want to try it my way and I think I can find a solution. And I love working with almost businesses with purpose. We're hearing that phrase come along more. and the way that I feel that I can help them better or best is providing them with clarity about what marketing and PR is so to get them moving. Uh, confidence, so helping them strategically. So they kind of know what they need to do, or they perhaps are having trouble with the plan. Um, and then connection. And that might be through my one to one services of me acting on their behalf, making the connections that they need. Um, or just quite simply, uh, sort of getting them into the, the limelight, um, really getting them up, talking at the table, wherever it may be, even in their industry. Um, the way that I see the PR, how it's evolved, is that everyone's focused on media relations with PR. And there is, like, that's the thick of what we do. You really need to look at comms in general. It's your internal comms, your community comms, your customer relationship, how you're building that and the comms through that, industry, and then sort of media and external. So there's so much more that people need to understand about PR that I thought has been lost, and it can confuse clients they don't understand where their spend is going they don't understand where the return is so it's much more of a collaborative approach is is what I like to offer and help them get made to be
0: so just going back to what you said about like the strategic approach that you take because I do want to ask you if you think that online marketing and PR have sort of merged into one massive online comms but like with the strategic side it's that there is so much out there so how do you decide on what you focus on and what you just ignore? Because no one can see all things in all places, can they?
1: No, absolutely. And um, oh, there is a brilliant, um, his brand strategist, actually, Phil Palin I loved what he said. It's like, you know, don't try and do 10 channels, be a rock star on three. And and that's that's what you need to do. So again, the strategy super important and just so easily overlooked and it's mainly because of overwhelm of what's out there you know you have to get out there and there's all these opportunities so let's just stop take a breath strip it back what is it that you're trying to achieve and this is why branding not we're not talking about logo design we're talking about what's your purpose what's your mission what are your values what what's driving this business what is it that you want to achieve um and then we could go through elements of how are you going to do that? Like, what is it that you bring in? So we've heard of USPs, your unique selling points, but you know, what's your brand story? Like you as a business owner, what drove you to do this? Because that is actually going to have an influence on your approach. There are a thousand PRs out there, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of PRs, but my journey into PR will be different from another PR and their approach of what they deliver. And the same happens in every industry. I can work with various people, or companies in one industry and each of them will have a different story and a different objective and it makes it all the more interesting. So you have to strip it back, identify it, figure out what it is that you want to achieve, like what is that end goal? What does it look like? Um, And it may not have a finishing point. It may be something as, you know, we want to inspire people or we really feel like the benefit for us is, you know, our why. My why is, you know, I believe we, we rise by lifting others. I want to build that community up. Now, that is no set target, but I know that that is something that is driving me all the time. And I will have business goals along that, like how many people do I want to influence, how many businesses can I help, what's the the objective? And so once you've done that entire work of branding and business, it's very business-focused. You have to understand your business, and no one, no one, no external source like marketers, PRs, whatever, can tell you what your business is. You must know that before you hire them. You must be clear on that because that's what you have to communicate throughout your entire marketing and your entire business development, your entire um, things from your website. So once you know that and you know what your goal is, you reverse engineer how you're going to get there. Who's your audience? Where are they? What is it that actually drives them? And then you choose the channels and then you choose... What sort of content you want to put out there, or how you want to promote, or what it is that appeals to them. Um, and one thing that I am finding out as well, especially for smaller businesses, we talk about brand personality and we talk about promoting yourself. And what I'm finding out more and more is that we've been told that marketing you need to do X, Y, Z. We're told that you need to do this, 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 and this is how it works. Like it's some sort of magic formula. <laughs> And then people get really annoyed with marketing. because It's like, oh, but I did this and it didn't work. Um, But it's all about the no like trust factor with branding. And this is why we like brand personality, because we get to know that person behind the brand. So what I'm finding more and more with marketing is you do you. Yeah. (laughs) I know that if somebody tried to tell me you need to do marketing in this way, the rebel in me is like, I don't want to do that. I'm really stubborn. You know I don't I just I don't want to be told what to do it feels unnatural and, and that's why as a business owner I absolutely empathize of being told what to do because you're so that's how it gets to your audience. well there are ways of doing it to find your personality H- how do you bring your personality and, and what is relevant for your customers or your clients or who you're trying to reach maybe trying to dodge your reputation in, in your industry so once you find that out, <laughs> it, it, it's sort of like a process of trying to find what's right for your your business, your objectives, what's right for your customers, but also what's right for you. So no small things there, but um but that yeah.
0: it sounds so simple, like know your business, know what your business development is, uh know what your brand story is. But those are huge things, aren't they?
1: They are. And I think that once you know that, going back to the original question, it makes it super clear where you need to be. And it makes it super clear how to avoid shiny object syndrome. Because what I laugh at is that marketing has changed so much. There is always going to be something new that comes along, or it's always going to shift. It's, when I think about how marketing was when I started, to how it's developed now, it, it shifted so much that actually you, it will always change. There will always be something new that comes along. Social media really changed it, really changed the face of it. Digital did as, you know, digital social media has really reframed how we're working. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think that the elements of PR. Will not change. So, in answer to your question, has it merged? There is a real difference here to understand. The channels have changed, but the functions haven't. PR has always been about reputation. It has not been about media relations. It has always, always been about reputation. That has been the ultimate definition of PR. It's about reputation, what you do, what you say, what others say about you. That was the official IPR. Institute of Public Relations definition. So, when I say, when I look at PR and I say, who is it? Who do we have to, how do we build our reputation? It starts from the inside, it starts from our teams, it starts from our family and our friends, whoever's supporting us. Are we doing what we're saying? Are we delivering? Are we looking out for them? All these supporters that we have, you know, and then it, it, it's those five fields that I've talked about, you know, it's your teams, it's your community it's your customers it's your um industry and then it's the external sources like other partner brands media titles so therefore once you've managed that reputation and you're doing it on the online channel you're just doing it in a different way you can, you can choose with online comms somebody asked a very interesting question do we promote ourselves as digital pr now and it's like it hasn't changed it's just again it's just moved the goalposts everyone in pr is now doing digital pr online pr i should say we just have to we have to look at bloggers we have to look at influencers we have to look at online links it's part of how we work now um so it it has changed slightly um well it's changed massively um it it has changed massively but what i would say is that it hasn't changed the function of what we're trying to achieve.
0: And I love that. I love how you've just described what PR is. Because for most people, and I would say most business owners, PR is getting your name in the paper, TV, radio, doing interviews with journalists, getting a few reviews places. And, it's, and that is a different... Thing to what you've just well it's not different it that's only part of what you've just described yeah so for many people they'd value their PR by how much coverage they've got and then that that coverage should at some point convert into sales but what you've just described is it's all encompassing to your whole story and how you communicate to the world
1: And you don't have to hire a PR for your internal comms. Like, just to be clear, I think that if you have a PR mindset in your business and you are doing it properly, that's what all we're asking. You know, by the time you you hire a PR expert, yeah, you may want the media relations because that's the bit that you can't do. Um, But what I would say is that if I were to PR a company, That had the most rubbish employee care conditions ever and their employees were slagging them online, a journalist, because of the power of online now, will do a bit of research and start looking at what's being said about your company. And if they start seeing disgruntled customers and staff and it's becoming a problem, say for example, then they don't want to use you. Or worse still, they want to expose you. Imagine that. So (laughs) (laughs) that to me is something that I think now people are really understanding or we're seeing a new wave of business owners that realise that the corporate machine that has existed for so long has not necessarily been the best structure and they want to do business their way. And maybe they've come from an industry where there might might have been bullying and they want to work differently in their company. They want to create a different environment. Well, they've seen things in terms of um, what I'm loving is maybe from an environmental factor. Like, let's look at sustainability. We've got an industry here that's rubbish at sustainability. Um, How can we do better? I mean, you know, you're seeing some brands do some amazing things with, you know, what they're sourcing you know, how they're reducing waste, how they're looking after those three Ps. You know, it's people, planet and profit. You know, they need to make a profit. We're not scared of making money. We're not completely woo. But ultimately, we know that if we look after people and planet, the profit will come. It's actually proven. It's not some sort of airy-fairy fantasy idea. It's actually proven that these companies do well. See,
0: this is what I love about you because you... In my head, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but in my head, the, the types of businesses you're trying to attract are the ones that have that sustainability at heart. So I always send you my, my vegans, my plant-based and my environmentalists and any of like, my greener companies that I work with because I think, do you know what, you're going to do such a good job for them. And I think it's because you have this at heart and because what I've known from what you've done before, so I'm like, Christelle, you can drink vegan stuff and knowing that you kind of get that world. But like you said, it's not all about saving the planet. That's only forms a part of it. It's it's a bigger picture. It's it's huge. And I love it.
1: <laughs> it's, um... I think it's interesting now. I mean, again, my eyes, I've learnt from experience and I'm looking at different ways. Um, What was really interesting, I think it's an opportune moment because these communities are being heard. When I think about 10 years ago, if you were a vegan, you know, I dread to think, like, I'm following a plant-based lifestyle now. And I'm so lucky for what is available and what I'm learning and what resources have helped me. But if I were to have started this 10 years ago, I think that I would have really struggled, really struggled. Um, and you know, my my reasons were mainly health. And then I've also looked at environmental issues around it. And obviously, the more I learn about farming, um, some farming techniques, mass farming techniques and how cool it can be. I'm not somebody that, is is anti-farming I've seen some amazing uh, you know farm practices doing really well so for me it's like it's an option there but I think the public are slowly waking up to it or they're being more collective in their voices and have found these new channels to promote what good there can be from it which is encouraging interest which then is now shifting media to, to start writing about it so again, it's clarity in how to tap into that with those, you know, with this industry of there is a blogging community. It may be that, you know, you're seeing with um, the January, you know, this is a big month, there's always going to be lots of noise around it. That's great. But that is not one month. That is, you know, trying to encourage you throughout the year. And we're seeing more and more vegan options in the media, um, you know, vegan um, food and drink or even lifestyle features, which is wonderful. Um or just even environmentally sound news and developments. I, I absolutely love it. So I think it's a case of now's a really good time as our we're becoming more awakened to what the the side effects are if if we're not being more mindful in our lifestyles. Um, that there are opportunities out there and I think the more publicity that you can get around it, and not so much publicity, but the more awareness, I should say. Um, and how you can build your reputation in that then the better I love that you've gone
0: plant-based I really do I think last time I spoke to you you were like I'm transitioning I'm giving it a try and I'm like as see you said I've gone plant-based I'm like yes we've got
1: another one yeah I mean I, I, I'm I, I was burger queen I literally had a friend that turned around to me and said is it wrong that when I see a burger on Instagram I think of you that's that's how much I used to chase the burger. That's because hilarious. <laughs> one of things that I turn around and I said, you know, it's a simple dish, and yet you see these amazing burger companies that are doing, um, you know, wonderful things with something so simple. Like, you know, we wouldn't really consider it this <laughs> my product at all. But you know, the flavors that they're producing, and I, I kind of get it. But um, so now, when, what excites me is that I'm trying to figure out what alternatives there are. I'm looking at vegan um, chefs and. I still eat fish, so when I say that I you know I'm not completely vegan, but I am meat, dairy, and wheat free. Um, and I'm trying my best, but I have to, I, I do eat fish from time to time um, and I'm I wouldn't dismiss ever you know I'm looking at healthy farming practices. so you know it it's been really interesting, but the more that I've been doing it, the more I've been learning it, the more that I've been inclined to keep this way um and keep doing it so. Yeah. I've had this
0: conversation with someone else that um about the psychology behind the wording of things and where you put things on the menu to encourage people. And to me, there's we were trying to discuss like the difference between saying you're plant based and saying you're vegan. And it's all about identity because you can say, Oh, I'm about ninety percent plant based in my diet, and that's that's great and wholly encouraged. But if you said, Oh, I'm ninety percent vegan, you get people going, Well, you're not vegan then even though it means the exact same thing. And it's so interesting Uh, around that identity.
1: It is. I I think that um, for me, vegan for me is a lifestyle that you would never eat meat in my head. Whereas I I would have a bit more of a flexitarian view that actually I'm not ruling out the day that I might cave and have (laughs) a steak, you know, (laughs) God, someone someone in front of me has a steak and they see a chunk of it missing. (laughs) just my teeth muck around <laughs> yeah you know, I can't I can't I can't. that's not going to happen <laughs> I'm like cave at one point um but it's you know I, I used to love it and um but the thing is now there are certain things that I can't eat because I know too much <laughs> and so I won't even go there so you know it, it's really interesting and I think knowledge is a uh, yeah I, I I think sometimes I know I've made the conscious choice not to know this earlier. I knew it. I knew it. I didn't want to understand it at the point. And then there comes a point of, actually, if this is affecting health, I need to understand this better. And I find it really interesting how um, food practices can have such an impact on your health. And what we're, we're not aware of how um, various chemicals or processes can affect our health. You know, and and that to me is when I look at how wonderful the NHS is, for example, and we're putting a strain on that, there is a point of responsibility in all of us. And I do understand that it's not easy for a lot of people. But Sometimes knowledge is, you know, that's the joy of online. There's so much that's out there, but we can access it even more. And again, this is why all of the companies that you're referring me to, is like, right, how can you get out there so that when somebody needs that information, you know, I don't look at it as marketing. I must look at it as it it's your duty <laughs> to get that information out there to help people come on <laughs> do I, love, it. I love that I really
0: really love that I'm just aware of the time right now because we've had a lot of like right, go for it. like um what's the word I'm looking for tangents we've had a lot of tangents
1: yeah go go for it you and know. I don't
0: I don't want to soak up all your morning but no. I, do want you to talk about the Small Business Chat on Facebook because I think that's such a wonderful thing that you do.
1: Oh, thank you. So um, <clears throat> Small Business Chat is a weekly Facebook Live that I do on my Facebook page with um, my co-host, Karen Black. She is the owner of uh, Hubbiz, which is an online marketing company. And um, how it started was we often like to come together put the world to rights we work together um she's one of my strategic company partners so whenever i need something or um the client might need a really good collaboration forward onto her and uh, we share a lot of um view similar viewpoints anyway um what happened was lockdown happened (laughs) and we were having our regular content strategy session slash business check-in and we had a brilliant chat just an absolutely brilliant chat about what we were doing about lockdown how what steps we were taking to protect our business or what we could do for our business to stop being so like helpless and hopeless about a situation and nervous and and just trying to get to to regulate ourselves really because both of us have been in business for a long time like 10 years so we've worked in recessions We have worked in travel, so we understand what it's like to have a situation happen or unfold like a natural disaster to, you know, various things that have happened in the travel industry. But, you know, you're more in crisis mode, if anything. (laughs) And so we looked at each other after chatting and we thought, oh, my God, we should have recorded that because it was so helpful and practical that actually somebody else could have benefited from it. So it started, actually, during this time, we need to show up and share this expertise. But it ended up evolving into a point of, this is about community. So the topics that we put on Small Business Chat, they have been relevant for this year. um, But also, they are evergreen. It's evergreen content. It's the stuff that you need to know about business. If you are a small business and you're worrying about something, it's stuff that they're not going to tell you or that, before you start hiring, say, for example, a website designer, what do you need to know? Like what are the steps you need to know? Um, if before you before before you're feeling overwhelmed, what do you need to know about delegation? Why would a VA be really important? When you're creating content, what do you need to consider? So it's what I find a lot with trainings or training exercises or a lot of marketing is that a lot of people will tell you what to do, but they won't tell you why you're doing it. And that's very much part of the clarity that both Karen and I like to share with our clients. Like, why are you doing this? Why is this relevant for you? So it comes back to, um, and as it happened, you know, we're, we're both juggling this pandemic in our businesses, and we were both aware we have to shut. up. And if it's the one thing we do, a ten-minute live every week. Well, it's actually twenty minutes. Karen can't get me to shut up. <laughs> and a <laughs> bit, you know, if we have a really good guest on there then you know, it might be a little bit over the 20-minute mark. But it's short, digestible. It's come into, we wanted to create the FB, the Facebook office kitchen. So if you're a small business owner and you're feeling isolated, you know that we're going to be here on Wednesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Come and join us. Come and meet our community. We're all sharing. We're all learning. It's a point of, I'm not going to pretend that I'm the most perfect business owner. Neither is Karen. It's very lighthearted in that sense. Because the way that we see it is that, you know, business can provide perhaps some of the darkest times I know. It can impact your mental health. So the point is, find your community, find your tribe, and keep it light so that you can have the fun and you can keep moving. I love that. And I want to go
0: back to that um, when you say it's about the, not just that you have to do it, it's about the why. Because I think that's so important that so many business owners feel like, They have to put out a blog a week. They have to send out a newsletter a week. They have to be on YouTube doing videos and doing everything. And then when I look at your content, it's really strategic. It's really to the point and helpful. Like the whole, you are helpful and helping people and helping other businesses. That to me is the most important thing. So people aren't just churning out content they're doing it in a in a smart way
1: yeah I, I, I always look at something and go what do I like and what do I not and sometimes we're, we're so busy all of us are so busy and so I think we've been swamped with content that we just don't need and it's not relevant and we get agitated by it and I think this is the importance of that community don't get me wrong I see what I'm doing from a marketing hat. I'm doing what I can do right now, and I think that's fair as a business owner. If I were to do marketing content for a client, it would be slightly different, probably a bit more regular, <laughs> consistent, um, a lot more content out there. Um, but when it comes to me and me and my business, there's only so much that I can do right now, and and that's fine. I've accepted that until I hire a team around me, and that and that's also why I want to be quite open with the with the content that I'm, I'm writing about, because as a business owner, I, I see the same challenges. I experience the same challenges, same mindset monkeys, everything. So I understand it. I guess it. I never thought I would be in front of the camera. I chose a service-based industry so that I would be behind the camera. And now I have to be in front of the camera every week. It has been an eye opener. And, you know, it has taken me, what, 10 years before I started doing videos And it's so easy now that actually we're being encouraged to do it. And I think that's a great thing. Um, But in terms of strategic content, as a marketer, I know what I'm not doing. So, And it just goes to show that if you're looking at my content as an outsider and you can't see what I'm not doing just yet, and I know there's so much more that I can do, isn't it amazing that even if you can just do you, And if you can just do one thing consistently, what impact that has already. And I feel like we're being told you need to do X, Y, Z so much um, in order to be successful. Well, it's amazing um, how many people are lurking and not commenting and liking and watching. If I could tell you how many people haven't liked or commented on a post or a live and yet have come up to me or have spoken to me and said, I really like that post. I really feel like you're talking from the heart or, you know, and that's not a, oh, I see your content. It was fun. That's a really considered point of feedback that has obviously impacted them or and from that point. I think then it's worth it. So it's it's um, it's strategic in the sense that you want to be helpful because I know someone's watching. And my view is if it can help one person, then that's great.
0: I love that and I want to go back to what you said earlier as well about you're on phase on your big wall of post-it notes you're on phase one but your head really wants to be in phase three and you're just frustrated at it because I think that's what everyone feels like you know how to do it you know the steps to get there but you just want to be at the end of it you just want to be where you've released the thing you want to release and yeah. and create the time so you can create it and it's frustrating when you're like I've done two steps today out of 25 that I wanted to achieve.
1: So first of all, just from that comment, I must stress, I am the tortoise uh, when it comes to my own marketing. I see other people, they're the hare, they literally rush out the gates and they've created a podcast series, they've done their marketing for the year and that's wonderful. I am the tortoise, I like to plod along. So I am the person, again, I think from my own experiences of having you know brief health issues like the past 2 years it has forced me to slow down and so what I learned during that time before covid and before juggling all of the uncertainty I was juggling it back then and for me it was it's not what you, what can't you do what can you do today just that one step what can you do today Do that every day. What can you do today that's towards my marketing? And I think that's why it's important to have the post-it notes up there because if I sit there and feel a bit lost, it's like, but what entire out of this entire (laughs) wall of what I'm trying to achieve can I do today? Is it a blog post? Is it a live? Is it a conversation? Is it a phone call? What is it I can do today? And if you do that and you continue to do that, and I like to have like 90-day check ins like every quarter, what worked, what didn't. Even every week, I like to have a check-in. Every month, I like to have a check-in. But every quarter, I sit down and go, "What did I do?" And I reel off what I'm happy about, and all of a sudden, those little steps has actually amounted to something. You know, it's got me, I guess, spot on a podcast. You know, I've had three. I've had three podcast requests. I've had new business opportunities. I've had connections I would never have met. Like, it it just, I'm so grateful for all of that. And it's only because I took that one step at a time. And I think that's what people get put off by that because we're so frustrated. And I absolutely adore Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, perspective. I know he rubs a lot of people up the wrong way. And I always say that as a caveat because people will go and either Google him or they know of him and probably roll their eyes. But actually, what I love about him is that he was so... um, he he cut the rubbish out, like he literally flies through it. All of this pompous attitude perhaps about marketing and what should be done. So actually you can do a lot yourself. And he talks about providing value in that in that marketing, but he also talks about patience and how it's so undervalued. Like just be patient and just know that if you're doing that one step, it will get you to that end goal somehow. But it just means that me understanding that there are different tiers and different levels. It just means that I can go well. What can I work on on each of those levels? And at least it's more strategic what I'm doing. So I may only do one thing, but it's just it's a strategic one thing. I love that. I really do. And
0: it's like doing this podcast has been a learning curve for me because I'm I, I, as I said at the beginning, it's been. In the process for so long, and then I've signed up to this sort of sprint program to get it done. Mm -hmm. But it's like one step at a time, and I'm like, This week I'm going to record the interviews, next week I'm going to edit them. I'm not going to overwhelm myself. And I know that if I don't interview everyone in the same week, then I'll interview one person, release it, and then three months later I might do a second one. And that just seems like one, a waste of everyone's time who's so kindly given me their time, and two, just well, what is the point of that? Yeah. If you do it, do it properly, and take your time over it, and make sure it's you can you can fit it into your life because life's get, life gets so busy.
1: And also, like you join in the sprint demo, I think the accountability. If you're still struggling, like there's there's <laughs> paradox, isn't it? Taking it one step at a time. I understand that. I get that. But equally, if you're still not getting it done. you realize oh this has been on my to-do list for about a year it's like oh no 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 (laughs) Right, what do you need and I think that's the accountability if you can work with someone I work with Karen on small business chat because I know that tech slows me down I just don't have the patience for it and it's just not my zone of genius and so I know that actually to have someone to know that this is how it's running I do all the content so it's a really great partnership it's a great fit um, but I know that if I were to do anything like the tech or the editing or the graphics, it's, it's not, I don't want to be spending my time doing that. We, we're both really busy, but we complement. So, you know, there, there are ways of moving forwards, and I think, again, this brings back the whole um, doing your own PR and your own networking and your own collaboration, is finding out who it is that can help each other get through it. Because, again, if they're aligned, if you've done the work at the beginning, what we talked about, the business objectives, and you're aligned with them, same as Karen and I it is such a wonderful fit that actually I know that I can come up with an idea and she's going to get excited about it or she'll provide a perspective that I will really value and understand and perhaps need to review but it's such a great working partnership that actually it just gets shit done it does doesn't it, it does. it's wonderful and I think that's the biggest lesson I think in business is that we're not meant to do this all by ourselves. We need a team. And if you're a business owner, you will always feel the pressure and the stress. But actually, once you start to let go and understand the the benefits of working with others, it's this release that you can focus on your own zone of genius.
0: Absolutely. Okay, I've got two more questions for you. Yeah, absolutely. These, These are like my standard, I'm asking everyone these questions. The first one is, if you've got one tip for a business owner on how to do more with their content marketing, what is it?
1: Oh, just one tip. Just, oh, just, oh,
0: oh. What's your biggest one thing? They only need to do one thing today. What, what should they be doing?
1: Um, oh, so many ideas. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to find, what's, find what works for you. Because putting your out, putting yourself out, if you're a business owner and you have to put yourself out there, which you do, I find that this can be quite stressful, and this can be quite, um, this can prove quite a barrier for business owners to getting it done. So a lot of the stuff that I do with the clarity session is, you know, people are told they should go onto Instagram, but they hate using it; it's not right for them. So it's what's right for you like what do you like doing and is your audience on that platform okay do you you've got to have fun with it and you've got to bring in your own personality and you can't fake that people are seeing through it so much easier nowadays um and ultimately that's the success of your business is that we want to it's the no like trust factor if you don't know people then you don't know business and we want to get to know people and it's a reciprocal um Activity um, and mindset. I think so. Yeah. Do you find find what works for you? Find what channels work for you. If you're not a writer, then don't do blogs. Hire someone to do that for you, or take the content that you're doing. And, you know, if you're better on video, then do that, and then get somebody else to translate that, and then write the blog, and then it goes out. Just focus on what you enjoy the most, and what you will engage with most because consistency is key so if it means that you do it more regularly then wonderful but you're more likely to do it regularly if you enjoy it I absolutely love that
0: just do you okay last question and I'm asking everyone this when you're making a cup of tea tea bag first or milk first
1: oh my god I can't believe the other one's even an option (laughs) Bag first What, what, what is going on with the world? Forget a pandemic, the world's gone crazy, you've your milk in first? No, <laughs> I know that's a really controversial question isn't it? There are people on both sides of the camp.
0: It is, I asked this on LinkedIn about a year ago and it started a whole argument so I'm like that is such a good like silly end of podcast question but funnily enough all the people I've interviewed so far have all said tea bag first and they've gone into like how strong they like it and how they do things and I'm like I think I just must attract the tea bag first people
1: <laughs> maybe maybe it's like um, the other one that I did it was more of a personal post but I went to Devon and I had the cream tea and it was just like jam or cream first and yeah I think I attract the cream first like <laughs> and then jam through because it was like why would anyone do anything differently? Why? <laughs> Why would you put jam on first? It doesn't make any sense. I think they were saying it's like how, what's, you know, if you put the cream on first, the jam would slip off. I don't know, but it's it's Cornish versus Devon cream tea style. So it's like, oh.
0: <laughs> the other good one is, do you pronounce it scone or scone?
1: Oh my God, scone. Gone,
0: yeah see I got told that the northern way to pronounce it is scone but I was always brought up scone scone scone
1: I I, I, I won't get
0: in I won't get into that that? that's just too much of a fight
1: yeah with your tea what you're gonna have (laughs) (laughs) oh the fight's over afternoon tea (laughs) It's
0: such a nice polite little British um thing and yeah it causes thank you thank you so much you're most
1: welcome do you You... have any other questions i'm more than happy no
0: that's i don't want to take up too much of your day either because i really appreciate but you've been an absolute star thank you for tuning in to this episode of the brew time podcast i hope you found it useful please make sure to sign up to the newsletter in the links below where I will be sending out an additional extra mini task for you to do based on this week's conversation. I just wanted to have a really huge thank you to Christelle for her time chatting to me on today's podcast. Join me next week where I will be chatting about how to repurpose your email content and make the most out of it. I'll see you then.